0: hello everyone and welcome back to the racing Mentor sponsorship podcast we are going to be talking about running a newsletter as a racing driver today but first i want to jump in with uh, a fun fact about toby who is here with me today i'm just so excited about this one toby i didn't i didn't want to wait
1: <laughs> just go straight for it, for it. yeah i just <laughs> wanted to in. like
0: just jump in so Toby used to be scared of water and scared of the house flooding when his sister ran a bath.
1: Yeah, that's so true. Um, That's a long story. I think that that deserves a whole podcast, that one. Um. (laughs) Should we combine
0: it with like my fear of volcanoes that is completely irrational that I thought was like a real threat to my North Norfolk home?
1: Why not? Volcanoes are North. Yeah. <laughs> um, Jess's fun fact this week is that she got her first tattoo at the age of fifteen. But the interesting part of it, it was paid for people on the internet. Um, yeah. Like, how did that come about, Jess?
0: All my internet friends paid for it for my uh, for my fifteenth birthday. I was um, a, a very active member of uh, the forum for the band The Darkness. Right um and I met a bunch of great people there who became some of my best friends and you know one moved to live near me and all of that kind of thing but um as we were becoming friends when they came and hung out for my like 15th birthday they paid for me to get like a small lightning bolt tattoo on my back
1: that's pretty cool to be fair (laughs) (laughs) how awesome
0: yeah and that that was that was you know 15 years ago that was before it was kind of safe and cool to meet people online I don't know if it's safe and cool now to anyone who's listening who's thinking about meeting someone online but yes that's really rock and roll yeah yeah I was pretty rock and roll before I became a a staunch like rules follower (laughs) (laughs) fair play yeah anyway how are you doing today Toby I don't want to miss out on a little like pre -pre pre-podcast chat (laughs)
1: No worries, yes, um, as always mate, I'm I'm very good, I've got a cup of tea, um, I'm looking forward to recording another awesome podcast with you, how, how are things your way?
0: Yeah, really good, like I, I guess I went through a bit of like a a down spell, I was just feeling a bit angry about everything but I've, I've come out the other side and I'm like super like bubbly, bouncy, you know, excited and enthusiastic and ready to like just go with everything.
1: <laughs> Wicked, that's, that's what my saw, mindset right? today that's what it's all about right yeah especially while the weather's been a bit rubbish lately it's good to have a, a positive um, yeah positive, right <laughs> i have
0: to say i'm sick of cycling in the rain
1: which yeah, i do I every it's been, day <laughs> it's been pretty grim hasn't it um, yeah i've been doing my morning runs in the rain and it's uh it's quite refreshing but you look at the wind and go oh, i don't really want to today. but you know you've got to get out there so <laughs> yeah exactly i had, Stay I had motivated all, people
0: yeah all the great plans to write an article before we did this podcast um bearing in mind it's 8.15 as we record i, w- I want it to be up at six write an article do the podcast go to the office just win the day yeah i rolled out of bed at like half past seven
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's all good didn't
0: get much done anyway so right let's talk about growing an email list as a racing driver um and kind of what that means and all the benefits but before we kind of go into the tips and things toby you have a newsletter don't you
1: yeah i started one um right from the start i think it was um yeah, signed up to uh, uh, an engine to use. Um, got a few people in. I think the list was very small to start with. Um, now I'm at 150 people on my newsletter. And do you know what? I really like it. I haven't actually used it for a while, which is a little bit annoying because um, I've kind of let it slip. Um, mm. But it's a really nice space to to kind of just tell your most loyal fans and followers and the people that are engaged with your story um, to give them something unique. I, I really like a newsletter. I know you you've got plenty of experience for these Jess um how do you find them
0: yeah I, I I love them because it's so much more personal to like email someone than it is to just post something on social media and hope that someone sees it like it's yeah. direct to your fans or to your prospects so I think it's really valuable in that way and I obviously have the racing mentor newsletter that has thousands of drivers and you know people interested in motorsport careers on now and it's a really, really valuable tool, not just for, you know, sharing what I'm doing and, you know, maybe um, promoting some products or something like that, but it's a really great way for me to share extra value with those people who have taken the time to, you know, give me their email address and sign up for something. So, um, I, yeah, I tend to, to give people who are on the, on the newsletter, or subscribe to that like a little bit more than maybe I do on social media because I know it's going direct to them. And I know a bit more about them, whereas social media it could be going to anyone.
1: Yeah, it kind of feels. Um, I feel like when you post to social media, um, I think obviously it has its purpose and it's mm. really good at kind of keeping people up to date and stuff. But yeah, there is something really powerful with with a newsletter, isn't there? That that kind of like you're, you feel like you're kind of writing to your your best friends um, yeah. versus just posting to the world, say, "Hey, I'm doing this or this is what I've achieved, etc." Mm. Um, but yeah, it feels like you're kind of yeah, just writing to a friend and um I, I write mine in quite long form I know you do Jess um mm-hmm. with pictures and you can you can create however you want it to look you're not bound to you know the, the way social media put out there and you can you can go as cool or as wacky as you want as well which is what's really cool
0: yeah I'm actually so for, for years with the racing mental newsletter I always sent like just updates as and when I kind of had them if I wanted to share a bit of information or there was like a webinar coming up or something but I'm trying something new as of this month so anyone who's on the uh, list would have already got this but more of a kind of a clear roundup because I'm producing so much content obviously we're doing this podcast I've got videos going out um, I'm writing articles I'm doing webinars all of that kind of thing I wanted just kind of like a roundup newsletter that comes with like one really clear actionable piece of advice and then just a, in case you missed it here's you know the most popular po- podcast episode this month and the most popular blog post and just kind of looking at the clicks and things. I think that's gone down quite well with people. Um, nice. so I I'm kind of experimenting with that, but I, I really like the, just the chatty informal style a lot more. And actually I've got two other newsletters that are, um, one's about electric cars and one's about just me as an entrepreneur and what I get up to and all of that kind of thing. And, um, they're very much more like chatty insights into, into my life crossed with an article so yeah I, I just think I think newsletters are really powerful for just reaching someone in a much more like personal way and I feel like there's a lot of potential that drivers are missing out on in using their newsletters for fan engagement prospect engagement and also for keeping their sponsors up to date as well
1: yeah because newsletters are super super engaging aren't they because yeah. the person receiving it feels like they're part of your story it feels pretty personal doesn't it and that encourages people to be more engaged with you and mm-hmm. um, with simple call to actions on your um on your newsletter people are going to follow that on aren't they? they're gonna that are gonna they've got the interest in you and um, so they're gonna kind of follow on from what you're asking them to do as well
0: exactly and so l- let's start by talking about you know using a newsletter for fan engagement because this won't necessarily work for every driver because i feel like there are a lot of drivers out there who they don't rely on fans to provide value to sponsors but then some do so um let's talk about the fan aspect because obviously a fan could always turn into a sponsor as well so it's kind of an important thing to think about but i think again this comes down to brand and audience as does everything so thinking about kind of Who is it that you're targeting? Uh, Do you want to use a newsletter to speak to your fans? Do you have a lot of people out there or the potential for a lot of people out there to want to support you and want to follow your career? As I said, not all drivers will have this and that's fine. But I I know you kind of, your newsletter, Toby, is kind of a blended approach. It is for your fans and your supporters. But there are sponsors in there as well.
1: Yeah, I have. um, Yeah, I have a really nice mix. Um, I think, you know, it, this rewinds back for me to the relationship building part of the sponsorship process. Yes, um, I like to get on board so much with my sponsors that they almost are my fans. Um, exactly. So, whenever I write my my newsletters, I'm I'm writing it kind of in a fan based type type of sort of content, I suppose. But the fact that my sponsors are so engaged with my story and what I'm up to and stuff, it kind of keeps them on board with what I'm doing. You know month by month, and that's the frequency I was posting at the time. So it's been, yeah, it's really cool actually. I, I really like the fact that I've got that nice mix. Rather than it being just a fan base one, um, no sponsors included. Um, I even actually have put prospective um sponsors on that list as well. So there's a few of them on there um last year that was prospective to what would have been this season. And um, unfortunately, COVID, that meant they couldn't sponsor me this year, which was a shame. But it, it allowed them to learn a bit more about me, my story, what I got up to and what I do. So it showed how important that was to do as well. Just
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I, th- I think that kind of pr- prospect engagement is great. Like if you've had some really like strong, interesting, like conversations with a potential sponsor, but for whatever reason, the process just takes a long time because sometimes it does with big business. Yeah. It's always worth, you know, asking if if they want to be part of your newsletter because like everything that you then send is just nudging them closer to making a decision. Yeah. So, you know, if you're posting about your wins and the coverage you got, great. If you're posting about... Um, other like benefits that your sponsors have have had from you so like let's say you do a track day for example and you're sending a newsletter about that they're going to see that and be like wow that looks like so much fun my employees or whoever would would love that and you're again you're kind of like just moving them closer towards this this decision to sponsor you
1: yeah and i think just on that note jess as well with regards to like the fan engagement is you don't know how influential your fans are in their own workplace i.e. that fan could be a director, it could be senior manager, it could just be, you know, any member of staff in the company, but influential to what happens to the business decisions. Mm. Um, And if they're getting excited about these things that are happening, you don't know what conversations they're then going to have and go, oh, look, you know, I follow this racing driver. Um, They done a business like media day or they did a, a track day with their, their guests and these are the responses that they've had it's been amazing i think we should get involved you just don't know what can come your way so it just shows that that kind of real kind of almost one-to-one interaction and engagement with the people that are on your list who knows where that's going to come um mm. and and i've recently had a conversation and jess i haven't actually spoken to you about this but i've recently had a conversation with someone that was part of my um that's part of my newsletter but I haven't actually used it for a while. Um, but when I was actually interacting on there, obviously he was reading each one that was coming out and he actually has recently messaged me. Um he's got himself a promotion at work, um, where he's now in a director role of the company and he wants to now look at potentially how we can get involved next year. Um It's so, amazing. Yeah, like it, it does work. And whether or not that comes off at the moment is a bit uncertain. Um, but the fact we're having this conversation is I think really, really cool. So um yeah, just a cool there you go.
0: that's the power of a newsletter right there yeah <laughs> yeah and i i think like, everything you're saying is super relevant to your existing sponsors as well so like keeping that relationship there is great for renewal time but also showing so you know for example if you pitch to a smaller sponsor maybe it's a product deal or something like that and you are doing just a small amount for them if they see like the big things that you're doing for other sponsors that can lead them to go oh next year. I want to do, you know, this big track day or I want to have this big like hospitality uh, meetup for all of our, you know, employees or something like that. So just keeping sponsors kind of engaged with what you're doing. I think a newsletter is really uh, important for that as well.
1: Yeah. And and that becomes a, an additional form of relationship building, Jess, doesn't it? Because you're kind of keeping that kind of them touch points going on on a regular basis um, without being too direct. You actually kind of this is the almost a broadcast to your, to your audience mm. um and it's yeah it's just nice to kind of engage in that way
0: yeah absolutely and uh, we can't forget that this is like a really great form of relationship building yeah. and obviously we've talked about that in detail before we've done you know webinars and things on it but kind of building that rapport with fans with potential sponsors and with your sponsors is such an important part of then the sales process yeah. So, you know, it's going to be so much easier for you, for example, Toby, to, you know, find a sponsorship deal and sell to this person that got in contact with you after reading your newsletter for so long than it would be to go and pitch cold to the same business.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um
0: and I think I think building a relationship in that way and letting them get to know you and again email feels really personal I think is 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 so so valuable. So, um anyone who's thinking about a newsletter and isn't sure why um the relationship building aspect is is massive
1: yeah hugely jess can we just quickly talk about branding on newsletters because um i think with with social media it's obviously it's very easy to show your brand on there but you are kind of bound to um what what your posts look like based on obviously the structure of social media whether that's twitter instagram facebook obviously you're bound to to, you know their rules almost um yeah. albeit you can put your own branding on there but you are kind of bound to obviously the the way it all looks um but I really love the fact that with newsletters you can really push your brand out there properly and um, because you can create your newsletter to look however you want it to look you yeah. can it's your space to make it how you wish you're not bound to any particular rules um mm. and I think that's a really nice part as well because you can make it look so slick and you know pops of color you can put you know brand messages on there and you you literally can go to town um and i love that part of it you get really creative and something that i done as a little tip guys is that i made um my newsletter last last year as like a format so i've got a structured format so when people get it they know roughly where to go down on the the page if they want to quickly scan oh i want to find out about this part or i want to click to see what something is done or recorded etc um so i've kind of kept quite a consistent format but it's all very branded i think Mm. that's kind of um if people haven't got time to read the whole thing at least they can quickly scan through and pick out the bits they want
0: yeah and i actually think that's a really great um a great way of doing things as a racing driver in business there are two schools of thought about this there's the the clear branded kind of newsletters that are they can often be quite cold and you know, think about any kind of retailer that you've signed up to those kinds of like really branded newsletters that are just like, here's a thing that you need to know about. Um, Whereas there's another school of thought that's like, no, it needs to look like a direct personal email. So, you know, hello. And then you put the name tag. So it says, hi, you know, Toby or whatever, and then go into something as, as if it's written to that person, but with minimal branding. Yeah. But I actually think the approach for a racing driver and actually just as you've done Toby should be a blend of those two things so clear yeah. branding looks professional but it's still a personal message from me to you kind of thing
1: yeah and i and i pretty much write mine like that i'm like mm. quite casual like hey you know hope you're good kind of thing and just write it like it's a dub chatting to a friend yeah um, but i keep my branding sort of in with that so it, it's kind of it all looks you know ttr and it's all kind of fresh so mm. but yeah you've got you have got to get that blend right haven't you because you don't want people to click on it and go oh it's another it's another sales thing you know mm. we get we get so many of them anyway don't we the, you know the, I, I delete so many of my newsletters that i don't i don't actually read yeah um, the ones i do read the ones like from yourself jess where you know i'm interested in your story and i want to hear what you're up to and what's mm. going on um and because you, it feels like you write to me when i get it yeah
0: um
1: i'm like oh cool jess has done this like it's... <laughs> yeah <laughs> i am
0: Yeah. uh, And that's good to hear. And I, um, I really love newsletters. So like, I, like I'm signed up to so many from people that kind of do my job in different industries. So lots of like business people, people that teach SEO, um, people that like teach social media, business coaches, all those kinds of people. And they often send just like really, really short newsletters that like they might look strangely formatted if you would like to try and read it as an article or something but basically there's like one sentence per line so it's really really easy to scan read um and in the the podcast show notes I'll add some uh, screenshots of ones that I really like but they're just really really chatty really really personal and I feel like I'm being written to myself even though you know this is someone you know who might have Hundreds of thousands, maybe even millions of people on their list, but I still feel like part of the story almost. And I, I really, really like newsletters like that because they usually like just short but really, really hard hitting. So, like from the point of view of of someone like me who is trying to teach something and running a business, just going in with like short uh, pieces of content uh, that are directly email to people with some advice is really appealing. But then actually, I also really like writing long 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 stories so um I I haven't quite mastered that like really short simple email just yet I don't think
1: yeah but it's all like um it's all kind of like a testing isn't it you know as you yeah. as you grow and develop it's you know the more ex- experiments you do the more you kind of because you get stats don't you, you get to see what mm. what's going on and how people yeah. can read and stuff so yeah I think it's all part of um it's all part of the, the learning process but you just mentioned Jess about um mailing lists as huge as possibly into the millions. Um mm. definitely tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands, which would be an an, an awesome goal to to achieve. Can you imagine? <laughs> um yeah, absolutely. I mean I've only got, you know, a very small it's yes yeah, it's mid hundreds now. Yeah. Um but I'm proud of that. It's it's nice that I've got that community of people that are really engaged with, with my story. But you're you're a real expert in this Jess for sure because you've got a really, really big list of people now on your on your social media and obviously onto your main list that you use. So can you give some tips of like kind of giving people a reason to sign up so that they can get on, on with your newsletter?
0: Yeah, because I, I feel like a lot of drivers rely on someone signing up just because they want to support that driver and find out what they're racing.
1: Yeah,
0: And actually that means drivers are missing a trick because let's say that you are a driver who is really focused on like the engineering side of things. People might not be interested in supporting you. But they might be interested in seeing how you're building a race car. Yeah. So I think it's really, really, really important to think about your audience and what they want and basically then give it to them. So um, I I use a lot of lead magnets and this is a a great thing that drivers can do as well. Basically, a lead magnet is something that you offer for free, but they can only get it if they sign up to your newsletter. And you guys will probably have seen that I've done lots of these uh, to entice you onto mine. So for example, let's, let's keep with that kind of technical engineering driver side of things. Um, You might, you know, offer a, uh, you know, a video, a piece of video content that shows how you do something technical with, with the race car. Um, Or you might literally just keep it really simple and be like, if you want to keep up to date with the race car build, sign up here. Um, So think beyond, you know, hey, if you'd like to support me, or if you want to keep up to date on my racing, you need to give people a reason to sign up beyond that, because not everyone will be interested in the support aspect in exactly the same way uh, with sponsorship, when, you know, you're not asking people to sponsor you, to support you, or I hope you're not, Um, but you, in like, it's the same with your fans and prospects, like, don't just rely on support give them something of value from day one with your newsletter and that's when they will like slowly fall in love with you and they want to sponsor you
1: <laughs> and, and, and that's the thing though isn't it Jess you give them you're giving them a reason to to sign up and you can kind of lean on your niche and whatever your niche is as a driver there can't you because you know whatever your expertise in you can then search for people or you can get people that are kind of interested in that niche themselves and then they're more encouraged to sign up um speaking about lead magnets Jess, that's literally how i started with you um yeah i think i i signed up to your newsletter when i was googling you know what was going on with sponsorship and how i can get sponsorship and do it the right way um and i I remember seeing a website and i can't remember what the i can't remember what it was that it said but i remember like oh i need that i clicked it okay I'm happy to give my email address away um got some free content the content was totally awesome um and then I just followed from there and bought your book and met you and here I am today Jess so (laughs) there you go Uh,
0: (laughs) definitely from like a a business point of view like lead magnets and newsletters are so valuable and I think because we want more drivers to be thinking like businesses yeah I think you know, it's, it's worth looking at what racing mentor has done, but also look at maybe people like Ramit Sethi, who's a, um, he's an American kind of like business coach and his website sounds really, really cheesy. It's called, I will teach you to be rich, but it's incredible content. It's great. Um, so maybe like if you guys want to see other examples of great newsletters, look at what he's doing. Also Neil Patel, who does a lot of kind of like, uh, digital marketing but it's mostly search engine optimization stuff. He's got a great newsletter. Um, and also Janet Murray, who I feel like I'm talking about like every, every episode at the moment. But again, you know, she talks about social media, branding, growing your audience. Again, she's got a really great newsletter and she actually does daily ones which are incredible. And they're really short to the point, really funny, but with like a really clear takeaway. Um, so if you want to look at what a good daily email looks like, and I'm not saying you should do daily, it's a lot of work, but has a really, really good for that kind of short, sharp, to the point kind of um, uh, content marketing has, has, that's what this is.
1: Yeah. Her daily one's really good. I'm, I'm actually signed up to hers myself. And yeah. it, is, it is very good. It looks a hell of a lot of effort, but yeah. it kind of, um, it just proves a point that Janet Murray stays in the forefront of your mind, Jessica, because yeah. you that's still right, yeah. mention her, you know, um, I don't think you would if she didn't do her daily um, email because you're mm, kind of getting that, that daily refresh. Way. Yeah. So it, you know, it can be really powerful if you use it in the right way. It's, yeah. It just shows how how powerful it can be of of keeping, you know, that person in the front of, of your mind. And if you want to be the driver where you want to sort of stand out and stuff, you know, doing those extra things can really make a difference.
0: Mm, and I, I feel like that daily email from Janet Murray's really inspired me because, um, I have been toying with the idea for racing mentor. Yeah.
1: Um.
0: I think, I, I don't think it would be a thing that I would send to like the entire list because I don't think everyone needs that much contact from me, but I might make it a separate thing for people to sign up to if they just want like a daily nudge that's going, are you doing the sponsorship? Um, <laughs> which is basically what it would be. Here's a tip to try today. I just really love the idea of that. So I think it'd be really valuable because I find that a lot of drivers will have, like just a spurt of like really excited hard work and then nothing. So yeah. I think if I can like help keep people accountable by appearing in their inbox every morning, then maybe that would work. But I guess this is a good platform to ask on. Like if you guys want a daily email from me, tell me and you will get it because I do everything for you guys.
1: I'll click the yes right now, Jess. Go for yeah? it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Why not? Why One. Not? Okay. <laughs> That's your first Great. sign up
0: to be fair that's all i need
1: <laughs> <laughs> job done yeah yeah i've got all like
0: the content ideas rallying around my head ready to go
1: <laughs> yeah i can hear them cogs wearing. now jess yeah. <laughs> um, i know what you'll be doing after this podcast recording yeah, exactly. <laughs> um but can we talk a little bit about the comparison to social media because um yeah. the, the really smart thing with with um using mail lists is that you're not bound to the algorithms of social media obviously we've talked a lot about social media how powerful it can be um, it's a really great, great space, and we're, we're not going to be putting social media down. However, you do rely on algorithms to a reach your current audience, because um, not everyone's going to see the posts that you put out unless social media believe that that person needs to see it. Um, and also, reach new audiences. It's actually quite hard on, on social media to to you know plug away and actually reach new, new people. But mm. when you're actually got your newsletter, there's no algorithm in place. As such, um, it's just a case of firing it off to all of your people in your mailing list and it's down to them whether they click open or not, rather than social media telling them whether yeah. they're gonna see it or not. So I think that's a really nice part of the kind of mail the mail place that we've got.
0: Yeah I, I, I totally agree and you know you're not always going to get 100% of people opening your newsletter but at least it's kind of up to you and them not some kind of social media middleman that's not even a man it's an algorithm so yeah. I, I, I think that's a really really valuable point and I think newsletters used like in conjunction with social media gives you a lot of really powerful ways to to speak to your audience.
1: Yeah absolutely and and just on just on that note um, the this social media that that you put out there, Jess. Um, I've I've actually been doing some kind of like sort of small research, I suppose, on the back of that because I follow that, I follow obviously follow your account daily, but there's been posts that you've put out recently over the last month, and obviously you're posting daily at the moment. Mm. Um, where where I actually haven't had that put in my my feed, yeah. I actually had to physically go and search for you, and I've got oh, Jess posted this, and yeah. and I've actually got notifications on when you post, so interesting and I don't get notifications every time you post it seems which Mm. is which is really interesting because um I'm you know I want to know what you're up to you know I want to see it but clearly social media is not always pushing that to me whereas your your newsletter as soon as it comes in my inbox I literally drag it into my box of things to read and when I then read my newsletters you're like the first one that I read so because I make that choice because it's in my inbox I decide when I want to read it sort of thing yeah Whereas the social media, clearly Instagram has been pushing some of your content to me and I've liked it and commented and engaged straight away. And other times I'm like, crikey, yes, there's like three posts that I haven't actually yeah. like seen or read. Or So it just shows that it's, yeah, it's super powerful in that respect. Mm.
0: And I can really tell when the algorithm has gone, no, I don't deem this worthy because I'll get like seven likes and then yeah. others I'll get a hundred. And I'm like, okay, well, what is better about this one? And often it's because people have engaged with it early on. Yeah, they've they've liked it, they've commented on it, and maybe they've shared it. But if if one doesn't get that early traction, it won't be shown to many other people. So I think yeah. it's very much about that, like what happens next. But that's a probably a podcast for another day. Yeah, definitely. Um, so let, let's just talk really quickly. Like now, everyone understands the power of a newsletter. Um, let's talk about like how to grow that newsletter and how to find people that would be interested in it. I think for a lot of people, like the, the the obvious thing is to have a a sign up link on your website and to put, like to publish it on social media and talk about what you're doing there. But I'm I'm curious, Toby, kind of what what you've done to you know grow your list and get to where you are now.
1: Um, yeah, I've been very personal with respect of how I've grown my email list. I have got a a, a very small kind of call to action on my website that I do get some sign ups for every now and again but I, I think I need to work on it but all of my or the majority of people that signed up to my mailing list has actually been in conversation either through email or whatsapp or social media etc where I've actually said hey look I've got a newsletter and I've told them the reason why they should follow it or, or sign up mm. to it and I've had virtually 100% people sign up because that's of that. great so I kind of do it on quite a personal level um, which takes a little bit of work but it gets people on there, and the, the people then that are on there are actually reading it. I get, I think my read rate's about eighty nine percent, roughly eighty yes. eight eighty nine percent, which is yeah. quite high. So that's how I've that's how I've grown mine. But of course, mine's very small. I want to exponentially grow it. So you know, I'm all ears for for any tips, Jess.
0: Yeah, no, I just just before I go into like how how to grow in more detail, um, it's worth remembering that actually you want a really really engaged like group of people on your mailing list and that like there's no point growing for the sake of growing if you know 75% of those people don't actually care and are just gonna unsubscribe and all that kind of thing so I think it's it's really worth thinking about like who who you're promoting your newsletter to and who you're asking to go on it and don't get upset if someone does unsubscribe because it means that you've just got a a more engaged group of people on your mailing list now i used to get really upset whenever someone unsubscribed then i think well that's now just they would have never have bought from me or engaged with me if they're not interested in this newsletter so it's it's a way to kind of get more engagement and a better open rate if people unsubscribe so just bear that in mind yeah so the, the lead magnet tool i think is is the best way to kind of to, to grow a newsletter quickly if you're offering something really really valuable to people whether it's you know uh, talking from a business point of view because again I want you guys to think like businesses whether you're offering a free course um, some video content a downloadable anything like that something that people when they sign up they can download and you can set up pretty much every piece of mailing list software to do this automatically just in case you're worried about the technical aspect of that. But um, I think offering something like that that entices someone to sign up is great. But again, it has to be relevant to the content that you're going to p- be putting out there. Because again, if you say, yeah, I'm going to teach you how to build a race car, and then the next thing that you send is you know, a race report, it might unsubscribe immediately. So just bear that in mind. I think showing real value within your newsletter content and then sharing snippets of that is a really good way to kind of promote it Um, or sharing feedback on the newsletter. You know, if someone replies to you going, Oh, this was so good. So engaging, so helpful. Can't wait to see more of your journey. Ask them if you can share that on social media and just take a screenshot and then, you know, link it back to wherever people can sign up on your website. I think just making sure people know that you have a newsletter is like the, one of the biggest steps that you can take. And, you know, if you're, let's say you're in a Facebook group, And someone's having a conversation about I don't know how 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 to choose new wheels for a race car and you've already done a newsletter post on that that's a great place to promote it without being like overly promotional like again it's here's a helpful bit of content it's on my newsletter and if within your newsletter um or like the web-based version you can allow people to sign up then win-win I actually do this in some of my Non-racing mental newsletters. Like halfway down, I have a. You know, has this been shared with you, or have you found it on social media? If you want more, sign up, kind of thing. So it means I can share it on social media, and if people see it that aren't already on the list, they can choose to sign up if they wish.
1: Yeah, which is really valuable because they because they're reading it and go, "Oh, I really like this content. How do mm. I sign up?" You're given it, like you're basically there it is. Up, yeah, man.
0: yeah, exactly. So let, let's talk about you know, the tools that facilitate sending out a newsletter. I know that there are some drivers out there who would just, you know, copy and paste a load of email addresses into uh, their email client and just send them out. And that's fine if you've got a small list, although please remember to blind carbon copy, BCC people and not CC them because it's really 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 illegal to show everyone's email addresses to everyone else so please bear that in mind and we'll get onto that in more detail in a sec but actually there are loads more valuable tools out there that are gonna be much much easier to use than just you know using your normal gmail or whatever it is um so i always used to use mailchimp and i know you do as well toby
1: yes current what i'm using
0: it's free up to a certain amount of subscribers. So for the majority of you, it will be free, at least to begin with. And it and it's it's just a brilliant, easy to use tool that can help you design and write just really good looking newsletters. So I think for most people, that's probably the best place to start. Do you agree, Toby?
1: Yeah, completely. I, I signed up to MailChimp and um, did a little research of obviously various tools that are out there. Um, and for me, it was just, yeah, just a free tool that I've got you know lots of customizational things to do to get obviously my brand on there I'm not bound to obviously the MailChimp looking thing and it's really simple to use once I've got my list it's so easy to write a you know write a list I can create a template and yeah once you've wrote your article a few clicks and off it goes so it's yeah. super simple
0: and it has lots of other powerful kind of features built in think you have to pay for it now but you can set up automations with MailChimp which is really handy if you do have a lead magnet and like once someone signs up you want to automatically send them something Um, you can do that through there and you can also segment your lists so if you do have you know people who are fans people who are prospects people who are sponsors you can kind of tag them as such and you can do this with pretty much any uh, mailing software as well
1: yeah it's really cool doing actually I've got um I've got my list um tagged like that so I've got uh, I know who's in what list and I know Mm. who's sent out to and I can be really specific I can kind of narrow down to just you know my fans just my prospects or just my sponsors um which is kind of quite a cool thing because if you're doing a post-race weekend report to just your sponsors you can write something really engaging just to your sponsors and this is the return we've got this weekend or this this is what we've achieved, et cetera. And you can narrow that right down to, yeah, to the people that sponsor you. So that's, that's quite a cool, that's quite a cool tool. And it's really easy to do.
0: Another tool that I use. So this is what I use now for my uh, mailing list, just because it's a bit more powerful for the amount of people I have is active campaign. Um, It, you have to pay for it. It's, it's not expensive. I think I pay 30 ish dollars a month, something like that. But, it allows you to communicate with your audience in a really, really targeted and specific way. So again, you can, you can segment it out in a way that's, you know, fans, prospects, sponsors, et cetera. But within one email, you can say this bit is only for sponsors. So let's say you do a race report and you don't want your fans to see, you know, we grew someone's sales by X amount this month because they might not be interested you can just say, I only want prospects and sponsors to see that paragraph. So that's, that's really, really cool. valuable. Like if if you are be- trying to be really, really targeted and want to save yourself some time, you know, sending out three different emails, you can just kind of say oh, this paragraph is only for these people.
1: Yeah, that's really smart.
0: Yeah, which is quite, kind of cool. But a- active campaign is quite complex, but it has really, really, really powerful automations in that I've, you know, I can get stuck in like a, a crazy flow chart of if this do this and send this on this date five days after someone's opened this thing so it's really really powerful from from a business point of view and perhaps a bit more than most drivers will need but it's worth looking at if you do want that kind of control and that kind of automation uh, further down the line but i i also want to talk about a new tool that's is quite popular and cool at the moment and it's a bit different to i would say other Kind of mailing list software out there, and it's Substack. So I, I guess the best way to describe it is that it's like a halfway between a blog and halfway between a newsletter. And I love it. I'm, I'm I've got well, I'm, I made one at the beginning of lockdown, which I've closed just because it was a lot of work. Which was interviews with car people. Then I have my Jess of All Trades newsletter. Uh, which again is about like entrepreneurial life. And then I've now got this new electric car future of mobility newsletter as well. But what I really like about Substack is that it's because it's part blog, there's no like faffing around with design or anything like that. It looks great, like straight out of the box. I just add an image on it, write some words, some headers, um, and then send it off. Um, So for me as someone who's just trying to get content out there, that's really valuable but it also means that, you know, you can post it on social media as if it were a blog post, but then when you publish that blog post, it actually just goes out to everyone who's signed up to receive it. So if, if you're a driver with a really strong narrative and lots to kind of say about your journey or something that you're doing within your niche, Substack might be one to look at. Um, and again, in the show notes, I'll I'll give you some examples of great kind of Substack newsletters out there just so you can see how it's done.
1: Sounds awesome. Yes, I think that's yeah. a really cool tool. And, and I know from the newsletter adjustable trades that you send out using Substack, like you say, it's super clear and nice to read. So um, that's quite encouraging.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, you know, you can do this kind of thing with um, Ghost as well, which is a blogging platform. Um, and you can also do it in a roundabout way with Medium.com so if if your content is very more more along the the lines of an article or a blog post they're the ones to look at um and i I can answer questions on any of those platforms because i've used them all so if you do have questions uh wing them my way
1: super sounds good i think i think a a little note that i've just been thinking about while you're talking there jess is just that um you know, with with regards to I mentioned earlier about obviously you're not you're not bound to the algorithms of social media, but mm. I think what's really nice with with email lists is that it's not going to disappear. Um, let's say one day Twitter decides that they no longer want the platform, and you've got you know, hundred thousand followers on there or something. Yeah. And all of a sudden, that, that platform shuts down. I mean, it's very unlikely because these platforms are so huge now; it would be very unlikely they'd, they'd disappear. But but what if they ever did? Um, how would you then? Engage with that audience. How would you then speak to the people that follow you that that regularly interact with you? Whereas email lists, that's your email address. That's that's your yeah. space. That's you. You own that. That's your property. Yeah. Um, that can't just be taken away from you. So, um, it's something to bear in mind. And and you know, just just doing this podcast stage s yes, it just made me kind of realize a little bit more <laughs> that yeah, I need to get back onto my money's newsletter and and put a bit more focus to it because a it's very powerful it's super super engaged and although my numbers are lower in terms of the people that i email the fact that it is so engaged is is so good but actually it's my control it's my space it's it's i own it so mm. i think it's quite powerful
0: yeah and i think like you know even if let's say mailchimp were to stop working for whatever reason you'd still be able to get those email addresses out and put them on another platform whereas like yeah. if like you say if twitter goes down you can't just take all your followers and move them somewhere else so completely agree there um there is just one thing that i want to touch on is gdpr which is um a data protection law there there's a lot that you need to do to be compliant and even if you just have a small email list you need to really think about you know data protection and what you're doing with people's email addresses which is why i mentioned the don't carbon copy people in But it also means that you can't just randomly sign people up to your newsletter if they haven't already agreed. And ideally, they'll be going in and typing their email address themselves, checking a box that says, yes, I want the newsletter. So just bear bear that in mind. Do some research on GDPR. I'm by no means an expert. I just know what I know from, you know, being compliant through my own businesses. But it's really worth just looking that up.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's hugely important. You all need to be compliant these days. Um there's lots of rules in place, but um don't be scared by that. Just a quick Google search can kind of help you out and um yeah, just make sure you follow the kind of rules. But most of these platforms do help you out and assist you with the GDPR anyway. So um I know through through Mailchimp, um, you're compliant based on using their tools.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, just do some research and again if if you have questions, you can, you know, message me on social media and I'll I'll do my best to point you in the direction of some some resources that can help
1: yeah wicked it's been um that's been a good podcast this week Jess. yeah um, i
0: mean i want to write some newsletters
1: <laughs> yeah um guys that are listening that i have a newsletter um or that are looking to create one um if you've got any wins there don't forget to to post them in the the facebook group on our racer mentor uh group community group because i think it'd be really cool to hear any wins you've got and any anything that you've you know any advice that you want to share please do um love to hear from you it'd be really cool to to understand and I wouldn't mind sign up to a few more of the drivers that are in the the community because I think it'd be nice to hear your stories in a bit more detail. Um, But Jess, shall we get on to our Driver of the Week this week? I think you should announce this one.
0: Yeah, so um, our Driver of the Week is another uh, Podium Club member who has been just working really, really hard, but I think he just really understands the process and himself as a driver really well. So our Driver of the Week for this week is Chris Threadgill. So, congratulations, Chris. If you uh, want to follow him on social media, he is uh, Chris Threadgill Racing on on Instagram. Um, and as always, we'll put uh, in the the show notes, which you can find on blog.racingmentor.com. We'll put links to whole, all his stuff. But I think the thing to point out about Chris is that he really understands where his strengths are. So he's like a you know a real businessman, which I think is really important for seeking sponsorship. But he also understands where he's less strong and I think that's really important because it means that he can go out and learn those things and you know seek support on them and you know better himself in that way but just his work ethic is is worthy of driver of the week I think
1: yeah completely agree I mean I I, I know Chris I raced with him in the um Ginetta Racing Drivers Club last year um so become quite good friends for him now and yeah he's he's a great guy in that respect because he's I think it's really refreshing in, in today's climate is to kind of be aware of the things that perhaps you're not so good at um, and how you can then obviously better yourself and it makes you more of a rounded person. Um, But he's so, so hard work and dedicated and, and I love the fact that Chris just throws himself into something and he's not afraid to learn and, and obviously to, to push himself forward. And I think that's a really nice kind of quality you need as a driver, Um, A on the track, because you need to be able to be able to push yourself hard and, and try and achieve big things. And also in the sponsorship world, you know, the dedication that he's got, I'm sure he'll succeed in the long term.
0: Yeah, totally agree. So congratulations, Chris. Um, and welcome to our our growing club of Drivers of the Week.
1: Mega. Congratulations.
0: So um, next week, we're going to be talking about product sponsorship versus monetary sponsorship, which I'm really excited about. But um, until then, if you guys have any questions, you can find me, um, at racing mentor on pretty much every social channel, or you can email Jess at racingmentor.com If you have questions, your questions kind of, they they help us work out what to kind of put onto the, onto the podcast. So they're really, really helpful to us, but obviously we'll, you know, I will get back to you with resources, further information, advice, etc., to help you as well. So um, don't, don't be afraid to, you know, hit me up on social media or drop me an email.
1: Yeah, mega. Thank you so much for tuning in, guys, and um, we'll see you next week.
0: See you next week. Thanks a lot, everyone. Bye-bye.